Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host, James McLam, and again with me tonight is Sarah Beth. How are you doing, Sarah Beth? I'm doing pretty well. How are Sarah you? Beth, do you? I'm doing great. Do you remember an event, a competition that you competed in when you were in middle school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the summers, I did uh, some triathlons. Um, I did like they were like fun size kids triathlons. Do you remember the distance on those? Um, I think it was a 200 meter swim, like a three mile bike and like a mile run, something like that. Really? I didn't even think it was that long, but that, that, uh, that's significant for, for 11 and 12 year old to be able to do that in part of triathlon. Now, the reason audience that we are talking about triathlons is not some random thing. It's because of who we, I was able to interview today. I was able to interview Ado Darthy, who is a former college athlete, track and field athlete, who now is a professional triathlete at an organization called JP Elite and for Team USA. Doesn't that sound pretty impressive? Yeah, that's pretty cool. So he's doing he's doing Olympic triathletes, which are a little bit less than the standard what you think of when you see on TV, the Ironman triathlete. It's not one of those super big ones. It's a 1,500-meter swim, a 40-mile bike ride, and a 3-point, uh, I'm sorry, a 6.2 run. So it's, you know, it's a it's still a significant race. Well, he's a professional athlete. And so the question that I had for him was, how do you get started in kind of, kind of stuff? And this is where the magic of what you're going to get out of this particular episode is is that he talks about in order to dream big, to have these kind of dreams that he have, you've got to do several different things. you got to have inspiration and encouragement and the belief in yourself. And we really dive into those concepts on how you can have those for yourself so you can be a better uh, dreamer and doer and also how you can help others uh, dream and do. What do you think about that? Do you think our audience is going to like that? Oh yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready to improve my 11 and 12 year old self with this. <laughs> well, Ado Darthy is his name. Ado Darthy is his name, and you're going to love this interview. You're going to enjoy this, and you're really going to want to keep him on your radar as you begin to see the next set of Olympics, uh, Summer Olympics, which should be in about three years, as he starts to prepare himself to qualify for that. So let's get to our interview with Mr. Ado Darthy. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. Thank you for agreeing to be our guest. And you and I are recording. This is my first new recording of 2022. So happy new year, my friend. Happy new year to you as well, James. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, we need to do a shout out before we get started to our good friend, our mutual friend, Michael Hirsch, for connecting us uh, last fall. So thank you, Michael. Yes, sir. Shouts out to Michael and LoveWorks Leadership in Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> excellent, excellent group. Um, know our Gen Z audience may not have heard of you. They probably have read some of the show notes that we put in, but they want to hear from you 
about you. So if you wouldn't mind, could you introduce yourself to our Gen Z audience? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Ado Doherty. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a professional triathlete for JP Elite, and I represent Team USA. Um, and I train, live full time with uh, seven professional triathletes here in Claremont, Florida. So how in the world did you get into the world of triathletes, competitive triathletes? There are a lot of people who do it. I wouldn't say it's recreational because that's a tough thing, but they do it as a hobby. <laughs> how did you get involved with it uh, competitively? Right. So, I mean, that's that's an incredibly loaded question, James, but it's um, I started off as a runner. Uh, I my my father was a runner. Um, he was in the Olympic trials, track and field hall of fame. Um, so I grew up running. Uh, I suffered so many injuries that I was always stuck in a pool or stuck on a bike for cross training, for training towards running. And that ended up tailoring me to the sport of triathlon. Um, running was always my strength, but with all the injuries, I broke my back in two places. Um, I broke each tibia, shattered my heel bone, things along those lines. Um, it forced me to obtain my fitness um, via biking and swimming when I couldn't do the impact from running. Wow. So how old were you when you first did a competitive triathlete? Now, I use the word competitive because my daughter, who is now uh, 22 years old, almost 22 years old, when she was 10 or 11, she did like a little mini triathlete with the local YMCA. I don't count that as being competitive. I'm talking, you know, something that you were actually seriously competitive during the process. How old were you when this started? My So triathlon, I didn't do my first triathlon until uh, August of 2020, believe it or not. So, wow. um, yeah, I know. I actually signed a professional contract um, prior to doing my first ever triathlon, but running, which is kind of what sparked this whole journey for me. Um, my first ever running race, goodness was before I can even remember is single digits of the age for sure. My father had me on a track. Goodness. What, what seemed as though before I even came out of the womb. <laughs> so that's your strength is the running part. Yes, sir. And it's the third and final event of the tribe. So what are your goals? What, what is your big dream for this? Uh, the goal has been the same since I was 11 years old, James. It's uh, to become an Olympian and represent Team USA, whether that be in Paris at 2024 and Los Angeles in 2028. All right. You just said something that we're going to build on. You said at age 11 is when this dream first came through this. And I think we can all admit with the recent things that have happened across the world in the last couple of years, a lot of youth have really stop dreaming big right so tell us how how you know this this dream started why this dream at age 11 to to you know to be a competitive athlete you know uh, at age 11 i'm trying to think what i was thinking at age 11. I, I guess <laughs> i was thinking competitive athlete but mine was more you know that typical hey i want to be a baseball player or football right player type thing. Yeah. <laughs> right no and and i mean you bring up a lot of good points here and it's it's the fact that um uh, this this dream this dream that I have it's it's God given it's always been innate it's it's a God given purpose to me and and I, I felt drawn to this early um, but eleven was the age specifically because um, when I was eleven I attended my father's track and field Hall of Fame induction ceremony and this common theme that came upon um, came up when I was there was the fact that my father never made an Olympic team himself um, he was always really close he always. He always was in the right races. He was there at the right time. However, he never actually qualified 
for an Olympic team himself um, to represent this nation. And so I, I was really starting to get into competitive running around this age, um, 10 to 12. And I, I had, and I was just a kid at this time, James. And it was just like, I'm having this type of conversation with my dad and I'm saying, you know, I want to do what you couldn't do. And then this is when it got incredibly intense. And he sat me down and he said, you can't just go saying things like this. This, is, this isn't just something you say in passing. If you genuinely want to talk about the O word, the, the Olympics, then, then it's, it's going to start dedication today and, and right now. And then that next day, and I love sharing the story with people, especially people of younger age that, that are listening. I, I love hearing, love telling the story. Um, a couple days, that was same week, my father came home with, with a big Olympic rings banner and he nailed them up on the wall. And, and he said, uh, these will be the first things you see when you wake up, the last things you see before you go to bed. If you truly want to become an Olympian, it's all up to you. You, you can control this, but it starts now and it's, it's a day in and day out process. And to have a conversation like that, I mean, you're thinking to yourself, you're 11 years old. You don't even know what you want for breakfast. You don't even know what you want tomorrow. <laughs> and, and to already be having a, a, a planned goal for something that could be happening happening 20 years from now. And it's, it's just, it's so surreal, but that's, that's when that seed was planted. And, and um, this is before I was a follower of Christ, but now becoming a believer of God, I've, I've since noticed that this, this has been a God given purpose. And he planted this so young in my life, even before I accepted him. So it's been a blessing and a journey since, since about 11 years old. There's two things I want our audience to miss that you said there. First that you were inspired. Mm-hmm. to have this dream by the accomplishments of your father, but it could have been anything that had surrounded you and inspired you, but it was mainly that. And then you were encouraged by your right. father to pursue right. that as well. So there was inspiration and encouragement that, that allowed it to go on this thing. Yes, sir. Now, those people who are listening to us, they're saying, hey, I'm working with youth, or hey, I, you know, I have a big dream, but how do I turn this dream? How do I, how do I focus myself on this dream to make it, a reality how do i move it from a dream to a goal so how did you move this from the dream standpoint you know i still wanted to be the starting shortstop for the atlanta braves that one will happen it never moved from that dream to a goal right you know, how, how do you move it from a dream to a goal right and that's that's a great question and i i was always told um a dream becomes a goal when you stop believing it can be achieved now when i was 11 if i were to tow the stop line the world-class triathletes and back at the time back in the time um the dream was to become represent team usa in the olympics in track and field james so even that perspective has since changed as these goals i call them lily pad goals as these as these goals that i've jumped from continue to get a little bit closer to that big dream of the olympics um but it it starts with it starts with the thought of saying okay this is where i want to be in insert goal here and and for me like i said it, it was the olympics but it, it wasn't like I can tow the start line and boom, I'm ready to be an Olympian. No, no, no. It was a matter of, okay, I need to I need to compete at the state level in track and field. I need to work my way up the field. I, or I need to finish, you know, I need to finish my first race. That's the first goal. I need to do my first race. And at this point, it was cross country in middle school. Um, and then it was, okay, I want to win my first race. And then it goes to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to high school and I'm going to try to make the varsity team as a freshman. You make the varsity team as a freshman. And then as these little goals start to progress, you say, I want to go compete in college. I want to be at the division one level in college. I want to earn a scholarship at the division one level. So there's a lot of these little stepping stones that get to that. These are little, um, little jumps you make to that big giant dream. 
Um, but these are little goals, little check boxes that I had to go along on this journey to get me to this big goal. I attended University of Oklahoma for track and cross country. And, and that was that was the big trampoline that that made that progression into this dream. And that's when you attend a university like that, it's almost implied that you're going to want to carry on um, professional athletics upon graduation or even prior to graduation. Um, I got the diploma. I got my degree. And and um, they have a whole staff in place that when you say I want to become a professional athlete, that's that's second nature to them. They hear they hear that nearly every day with their recruits. So these are the goals that you have to have in place, because if you have a 20 year dream, we well, got to think about what you're going to do tomorrow and then next right. week and then next year and then next month. You know what I mean? Do you have a plan? Do you have uh, not a plan, but a process in which you do this, that you lay this out, your your small goals and the big goals? Because I'm thinking here, I'm listening. I'm thinking of who might be in our audience and yep. I'm listening to someone say, hey, my goal is just to get into college. I want to be a first-generation college mm-hmm. student. Mm-hmm. I'm 14 years old, but that's a four-year away. What do I need to do? You know, how, how, yep. do I, how do I do this? How do I break it down? How did you do it? Absolutely. So um, I kind of do like a self-audit or like a self-assessment program. <clears throat> and the way that I do this is um, I sit down with my father, who's now my manager, um, and we – we we kind of do this on on a bi-monthly basis but if you're if your goals uh, a year away or your dream is a year away you might want to do it not bi-monthly you might want to do it a weekly um assess, self-assessment if you will but if your dream is, is maybe four years away three years away every other month check-in assessment might be well but for me james i like to do i like to do you know every five to eight weeks i like to do a self-assessment of saying okay are, are our numbers where we're at um, training wise, are we falling in the rankings where we need to fall? Um, are we getting to the races we need to get to? Are we, are we, you know, things along those lines. So, um, basically the way I do it is, is this whole self-assessment, self-audit, auditing plan. Is this something you learned from someone or something that just kind of evolved in your own? um... Ooh, that's, that's a good question. Um, I can't give credit. I've had some incredible coaches over the years. Um, my current coach, James Peterson, He's a big proponent of this. He likes to do these once a year. Um, but I've always had coaches that, because I've always been in the individual sport, not a team sport. And they mm-hmm. they are, I've always had coaches from my first ever coach from my dad to my current coach, um, my professional coach now, that always say, you need to hold yourself accountable. So if you can't have that hard conversation with yourself and saying, hey, I'm not doing everything I can today. What can I do tomorrow to to make up for these these shortcomings, if you will. So I've kind of always been taught that being in the individualized sport where I hold my own responsibility of my success for the most part. So now you've taken it from the dream, you've got it into a goal and you have it as a, it's really a manageable, you have steps in, yep. in which you're going to get there. But I heard something as you talked about it a while ago, You it shifted, the goal shifted from what it was initially. Initially it was, hey, I want to be on track and field, and now right. it's on triathlon. Tell me about that shift. Was that a uh, a, a shift that you were like, oh, this is more who I am, or was it obstacles led you to realize this was a better opportunity? Did I make sense what I was saying? Sometimes when I ask a question, I listen back and I go, that didn't make sense. You're a professional asker of questions and that was stupid. What? <laughs> no, Did that make sense? <laughs> absolutely. It was, it was more so the latter. It was, um, and, and this is a disclaimer that every single person um, that has a big dream is going to go through these obstacles that you just brought up, James. And it's, it's a matter of 
um, when I was when I was the kid, I had that conversation when I was 11, and it was track and field. I am going to be, and it was at this time it was a 1500 meter, the metric mile. I was going to uh-huh. be Team USA miler or or whatnot, and and um, and then we're getting a college or in, in high school we had the success, um, but when and this is a major pivotal moment is when I broke my back in two places when I was 15 years old. Um, I go from being an All-American, any college you could imagine. Um, I was running sub-430 as a freshman in high school in the full mile. Um, and then uh, this Whoa, this whoa, inter- whoa. Say it. Four minutes and 30 seconds on a four-mile as a – as how old? I was a freshman, and I was running 428 in the mile. And um, and so that, that, of course, brought a lot of attention to me as, as a young kid and, and with my dad being who he is and stuff. So I was, I was on the path that it was, okay, this kid's going to be able to get – a full ride at just about any division one college that he's going to want to. Um, and then upon breaking my back that same year, I ran that 428. Um, I went from a five-star recruit to zero stars. Nobody interested, interested in me. I was damaged goods, but this was God saying, Ado, this is a blessing to you. Get in a pool, get on a bike. And not only am I going to teach you how you can develop strengths on a bike and in the water, to help you in this, this, this running dream that you have, but I'm also going to walk you through mental toughness. And this is, this was the biggest blessing that he provided me during this injury. Cause it was 11 months. I was in a back brace for 23 hours a day. I could hardly walk. I could hardly move. The back wow. brace went from, from just above, just above the breastplate to just below the, the butt. And, um, I, I could, I could hardly, I could hardly get in and out of a chair. I was Mr. Roboto, if you will. And, um, and, I remember after about seven or eight months in, in this back brace, the doctor said, cause I was going nuts. You know, I was, I was a runner nuts. And the doctor said, all right, Edo, you can jump on a stationary bike. And this was, this would be my introduction. This would be um, God, God walking me to my stationary bike for the first time in my life. And, and like I said, I'm in this back brace. I'm immobile. I can't hardly move. And the back brace is, is digging into the top of my quads because it's supposed to keep mm. you nice and straight. And um, I got blood dripping off my quads and I'm barely moving. I'm talking 30 RPMs, 40 R. I'm barely getting a workout and I'm barely sweating. But this, this taught me mental toughness. This taught me that if I can get through this, if I can, if I, I'm over here doing nearly nothing in the gym, but it's making me so strong right here because that's when I realized I, I'm walking through something that's making me making me unstoppable because because the the world wanted to say you know what just give up you know you had a, you had a sub 430 you talked to all these coaches you 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 you, you school record holder first person to compete at nationals at, in, in your high school um you did it you know and and at, it would have been so easy just to say you know what you know right i i did what i needed to do but that dream just got i just got even more hungry for that dream of becoming an olympian so i thought that that was a blessing for me it's amazing to listen to you tell your story and hear the things that you were taught during that time right that now are so such much probably a crucial part of your success you know the mental toughness so the the triathlons that you're doing now what is the distance on them right so the olympic distance is a 1500 meter swim a 40 kilometer bike which is 24.8 miles and then a 10k run six and a quarter mile and that's uh, that's that should take you a little bit under two hours to complete. 
But I imagine the things that you've learned there, that mental toughness, all those types of things uh, that you've had before, the belief in yourself, that is so crucial during that, during that actual race of, of doing that. Absolutely. I mean, if, if, if you don't believe in yourself, because the world is always going to tell you, James, that you're not cut out to succeed because you are from X, because you went to Y school, because you mm -hmm. look like this, you're not cut out to succeed. That's what the world is going to tell you. But if you don't believe in yourself, then who is genuinely going to believe in you? Like when, when you're getting recruited by coaches, a coach doesn't want to hear you say, you know, uh, I think I could, you know, I, I really think I could do this, you know, but no, no, no. If you don't have that self-confidence and there's a difference between cockiness and confidence. If you don't have that self-confidence in your, in yourself, you know, if, if you don't have that, no, you're not going to, you're not going to have that proper energy to bring yourself to where you truly believe you're capable of. If you say you can't, you're very much likely not going to, you know? Mm. I, I'm so glad to hear you echo these things because we just recently did an interview and released the podcast with a young lady named Hannah Stillman who was a member of the NCAA women's cross-country team for North Carolina State University that won the national championship this fall. Wow. And she's a 10-time All-American, and her journey is really similar. Injured in school, came from a very, very small school in Maine, so there was no college coaches looking at her. She said, nobody looks at anybody out of Maine. Right. Um, and so she, she walked on at a small uh, D1 school in South Carolina, just walked on, and the only way she got on there is because her brother had played basketball there years before, so they knew some of the staff. Then after a couple of years, she was beating everybody, girls, guys, everybody wow. on the team said, wow. I need to go somewhere where it's going to up my training yep. and transferred to state and is now accomplished this. And she said it was those things during the hard times that, right. that now establishes me more. She also says something else on what your feedback on too, that kind of, she, even though hers is an individual sport too, she said it's the team training, the relationships during the team training that really has propelled her to the next level. Do you do you find that as well, that it's the people on the journey with you that help? And if so, how does that work? Absolutely. She she's spot on with that. I mean, the result on the result sheet is is one person. You'll see and you'll see their school, of course, but it, you'll see her name and and then her time and her place. So mm -hmm. it is individualistic. However, it's it is a team environment, if you will. And that's the reason why I moved out here. I, I believe I believe like there's strength in numbers, what is it? Rising tides raise ships. So if, if I'm surrounded by, and I am, if I'm surrounded by the best triathletes in the world, they're making me better. I'm, I'm absorbing, I'm absorbing all of this stuff, tangible and intangible. Um, I'm seeing what they're eating. I'm seeing how they're training. Cause like I said, mm -hmm. I, I signed a pro contract prior to even competing in my first triathlon. So I'm living with these guys that are world-class. They're competing in Europe. They're competing in all over the, all over the globe. And, and I haven't even done a single race yet. So of course I support, and I believe everything that she just said to be incredibly true because when you're around people that honestly, honestly, if you're not the, if you're the smartest guy in the room, find another room. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not the fastest guy in the room because I want to be in this room. I believe I'm capable of being in a room with people that are faster than me because I want, I know I'm capable of being at that level because, um, because yeah, like iron sharpens iron. I mean, that's, as, mm -hmm. it's biblical and that's, that's about as true as you can get. And it's, and it's true. Um, being around the best is just gonna, is just gonna raise your game up your level and, 
and uh yeah it's 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 100 true she's spot on yeah it, it's it's such a theme in the conversations we have with people and it they use sports as their venue that 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 um that have proven this for themselves but they apply it to life in general and it the theme has been is those that are with you on this journey it's the relationships you've made that are right. so so crucial we, we we interviewed someone named coach hearn who was on one of the coaches from the movie friday night lights that it was on the team yep. the football team that won the state national championship from texas and he said you know it's the relationships you should go ask the players and they'll tell you it's more about the things that we did together than the championship time that we had it was the journey together that made it worthwhile right absolutely i mean we're we're only we're only racing a couple handfuls of times a year it's it's what you're doing outside of those races who you're around you know i mean if if you're in what is it bad company corrupts good morals that's biblical as well and it's if you're if you're not around positivity if you're not around people that are going to make you better then you're not going to get much better all right let's switch on the spot here so we got a person listening to it they're trying to coach and i'm not they're trying to do be a life coach for someone yeah. you know a youth they they Got a 14-year-old struggling in life. How do they even get them to start the process of dreaming, to believe that they can do something, to believe there's something out there for them to aspire for a goal for? For me, growing up, I'll just be, I was always a big dreamer. I always thought Good. I was going to be the person on top of the platform. I was going to be the leader in front of the group. I was going to do this. I was. I never had a problem with that. I, I, that was just my nature. But Good. that's not the case with the majority of youth. They just right. don't. How, how can help that person coach this young person to to be uh, the dreamer they need to be? First off, that that person, that fourteen year old, is in good company with someone like that. I mean, if you don't want to be around people that are gonna shut your dream out, or if you have a, a simple thought that might turn into a dream, the last thing you want to do is feed that and give that dream, that little baby that you have of a dream, to someone that's just gonna kill it and crush it and not say it's possible. So that's the first step. You're in good company. The second thing is you have to find your passion. And this is a word that I live by, passion, passion, passion. And, and it is a word that I, I hope one would use to describe me of just being passionate human being. When you find something that you love and, and, and you truly enjoy, then, and this is so corny and so cheesy, but then it's nothing is impossible. Um, I mean, I guess if I have the ears of a 14 year old for another 10 seconds, I would also say that nothing worthwhile is going to be easy. So when you come across, not if, and that's the thing people always say, if you come across hurdles or if you come across strife or struggle, it's when you come across it, because it's inevitable because nothing worthwhile is easy. When you come across it, just always think about passion that you had from when you were a kid. Um, and I, I always, I always find myself checking myself on a, on a hotter day that it's, Think back to 11-year-old Ada when this dream became, when this dream was, you know, because now it's a goal, it's it's attainable, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost tangible. But think back to when it was a dream when you you had no idea what, what was going to be coming down down the pike for you. So find that passion and, and work daily towards it and surround yourself with people that are going to build you up. When those things, when those troubles come, just think back to the time you created that initial dream. I don't know if that answered, but I, I hope it did. Yeah, it's the encouraging that you said so many key words here that's, that that I've got circled on my notes here. So I don't <laughs> forget what I said. You talked about in being inspired by by your father's accomplishments, being encouraged by him and others. Believe, right, you know, right. 
believing that I can actually do this is when it moved from that dream to that goal, developing that mental toughness and building those relationships and finding passion. You've hit every single box <laughs> on the success. It's like there was a list there and you were like, I got it. I got it. But yeah. it was just a part of your journey. And that's what yes, I just sir. love. If we could just, if we could have the, the ones who are listening to this, just get the enthusiasm and the passion that, that we're feeling as we're talking this together. I think we could, the youth could change the world with what they could do. Absolutely. They're the future generation. <laughs> exactly. We ask this question to most of our guests and stuff. What is the greatest piece of advice you have ever been given? Oh, man. I wish I was prepped so I could think this one through. No, we don't uh, want you to be prepped. We want you to cut it off no. over your head. <laughs> um, that's good. Um, goodness. I, I think I already gave it away. Um, and and I, I hear this and again. Again, our relationship is, is so different now. He's, he's was my coach. He's always been my father and he's now my manager, but it always comes back to this. And anytime we recap a race or recap a season it is always this, nothing worthwhile is easy. It's always going to mm. be challenging. The next best fill in the blank here is, is going to go through crazy amounts of struggle, you know? So, I mean, I, I know it's simple, but really, I mean, I've had, a lot more bad races than I've had good races. I've lost a lot more races than I've won. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's all that, that hardship and all that struggle that just morphs and forms a creature that's just willing to outwork and outthink their, their competitors. And if you can outlast your competitor, then you can't beat the person who never quits. Mm. I, I the triathletes always just inspire me. I grew up watching, you know, on uh, NBC on Sunday afternoons when they would show the Ironman race in Hawaii. That's just just yep. fascinating to me. Do you have aspirations of doing those, you know, the bigger ones, the Ironman level? Oh, I've I've done a seventy point three a half iron. Um, I I don't know. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Um, I want to focus on short course draft legal, which is the Olympic distance. Um, but there have been some talks uh, with the coaching staff and with management that long course, non-draft, the Ironman distances, that could be in the cards for a little bit later in life once I develop this engine, if you will, a little bit more. <laughs> well, I, that is something I did notice on watching those broadcasts. It seemed like the, I'm not going to say older, let's just say the more established <laughs> and mature athletes seem to be the ones that yep. that that succeed very well on those uh, versus yep. their younger counterparts that may have right, more right. strength or even more speed. Uh, they don't, they don't survive and last as long as they're. So what's next for you? What's, what's on the agenda? What's, you know, this is the start of 2022. What's going to happen right. this year for Edo? Um, so Olympic points start in March. Um, like I said, we're down here in Claremont, Florida. Um, I'll be racing uh, mid-March in Claremont. Uh, end of March in Sarasota. And then we're going to kind of assess our schedule from there, see how we place in those two races. And we start seeing where we can go. Mexico, Canada, if we want to do the Continental Cups, or if we want to start doing World Cups, we can go over to um, Europe, or we can go to the Africa Cups, we can go to Morocco. So we're going to assess with these short, these uh, two little races, not little, but these two races that are uh, in Central Florida, and then we're going to kind of assess from there. But a whole lot of hard work from now until those races in March. Mm -hmm. If our audience wanted to connect with you the, yep. to become big dreamers, if they wanted to connect with you to learn more or to follow what you're doing, how, how can they connect? Where can they find you? Yeah, the easiest way, and I do respond to my own DMs on Instagram, but the best way would definitely be Instagram. 
Um, my handle or my at is ADOH11. Um, and anybody out there that is doesn't know if their thought that they have is a dream or anybody that just wants to say hi, um, I encourage you to shoot me a message out there um, and I will I will do my best to absolutely respond to you. I, I love hearing I love hearing from especially the younger uh, generation. I love hearing from you guys. So that's and that's the best way, probably the easiest way. I do thank you for for uh, sharing your story with us and really confirming some of the things that we at Generation Ziggler have been espousing and been teaching. I, I love when we have a guest who says the things that we've been saying. That way our audience knows, hey, this is not just something James <laughs> makes up in his office. This, this is something yeah, that really works and you're proof of it. So I really do appreciate that. Um, yeah. And thank you for being our guest. Good. Um, audience. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Gen Z audience, someone you know needs to hear this message. So please like, share, and comment on this message. And we'll be back again next week with another episode. See you. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us too on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.